You are on Max's Island, a podcast by Meet Max Power. On Max's Island podcast, you'll hear the lived experiences of people who choose to live life a little differently. It might be a story of when they took time out and dared to do something crazy. Perhaps they made a decision to leave it all behind and follow their dreams. Or maybe they just stopped listening to what other people thought and did what was right for them. This experience becomes a story that is part of them and one that you need to hear. So, now that you're on Max's Island, listen to the wisdom in these stories and you too will be inspired to do what you have always wanted to do. Thanks again to all the regular listeners to Max's Island for your loyal support. New guests will again be featured on the island this year, starting from the next episode. But continuing our reflection of recent special moments on Max's Island, today we're highlighting another important value we like to follow on the island. In this second bonus episode to start our 2024, we will hear stories from recent guests to the island who truly embrace the value of daring to be human, you know, being uniquely themselves. So today you'll hear from two musicians who have different lived experiences that have dramatically influenced the way they make music today. Firstly, we'll hear how Jay Wood had to totally relearn how to play the guitar and then recapture the magic of her music following a car accident that led to a severe brain injury. Her strength of commitment towards sharing her talent to the world while still being genuinely herself is truly amazing. We'll then hear from Stefan West as he embarks on the release of his first solo album. Stefan openly shares his past experience with drug addiction, mental health challenges and friends lost to suicide. He uses this opportunity to weave a story of how his realisation of the past and the personal reconciliation of his actions can be shared through his music. I had a situation when I was 24 years old, life decided to throw a few curveballs at me. (laughs) One in particular, uh, whereby I was hit by a drunk driver and was involved in an MVA or a motor vehicle accident. Uh, where I sustained very massive head injuries and died on the side of the road. Luckily for me, a nurse was on her way home from shift and she stopped and gave me CPR, revived me, and uh, I was packed off to hospital and, you know, luckily I managed to survive the accident, uh, albeit, sustaining what's medically known as a catastrophic traumatic brain injury. So I was left uh, brain damaged 
in in short layman's terms, I didn't have a clue what a brain injury was. I don't think it's something people talk about or know much about. Um, so it was very much, you know, road accident aside, understanding this disability that was a huge learning curve, I suppose. At what point did you come to understand how impactful the event was going to be on your life? <laughs> That's a great question because I didn't have a clue. You know, I was in what's called PTA or an awake coma for an extended period of time. And even after I was told, you know, you're in a hospital, this is what's happened, this is the condition you've been left in and da 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 da, da and it's called a brain injury and all of that and this is the rehab. My ability to have the self-awareness did not come in for goodness, six months to a year. So it was a very long and slow process to actually come to terms with and understand, okay, this is how this has impacted me and my life. And now with it being eight years down the track, you know, the doctor said it would be anywhere between five and 10 years for my brain to stabilize which means no new symptoms. And, you know, I'm eight years down the track. There are still things that are coming up. So we're not quite there yet, I don't think. And so when this happened and I got the bop on the head, it was like a complete wiping of my slate clean. And all of a sudden I was left in this body, still me, but I was not me, if that makes any sense at all. It was like a new version of myself had come along and I had to not only get to know her, but I had to learn to love her as well because she wasn't acting the way that she always did. She lost a lot of abilities that I had always had. So the way that I choose to describe it to people, which you know, if anyone's ever lost someone they love or care about when someone's passed away or died, it's exactly like that except for I lost me. I lived through my own death and it's the death of the version of me that had existed prior for my whole life. Nobody can know you more than you know you and so we're all our, our own biggest critic, aren't we? So, you know, if I, I, I have a real uh, issue with getting things wrong because I have my memory from pre-accident and I know that I, I could do it. And so now if I can't do something or my brain, I kind of, I separate myself from my brain now because that's one thing that's really important to recognise and I think disability or not, it's important. We are not this. We're not our brains. We are this. We are our hearts. That is our soul. That is our essence. And something that I was told, which I'll never let go of because it's so true, is that my heart didn't get damaged. 
I am still me. I didn't lose me and my essence, even though it may seem that, you know, I act differently now or I come across differently. I am still me and, you know, that hasn't changed. And I think it's the same for everyone, no matter what difficulty you may be finding or you have, your essence and your soul, that never goes away. Jay, I introduced you as musician Jay Wood. Mm. So music is a big part of your life. Mm -hmm. The impact of the accident toward your music and what was your music like before? Was it as important in your life? And you talked about learning to walk and talk and other physical skills back. What was the ability like for you to reconnect with music well prior to the accident music like for me personally music has always been a really big thing just in terms of you know listening to music and singing in the shower and you know I've always had a real connection with music and you know when I was a teenager I started I decided I wanted to learn so I started teaching myself and I began writing songs, but it was never, ever, ever a career or I would, you know, you couldn't, there's no amount of money you could pay me to get me on a stage. <laughs> no way. I just, like many teenagers and people, uh, you know, stage fright or worried about what people are going to think of them, etc. So it was never, ever something that I considered in that regard but it always had a special place in my heart as just a hobby you know that I wrote stuff in my bedroom and oh that was fun enjoy that and then go about my day prior to the accident I uh, was a journalist and then a school teacher so I had my day job and all the other parts of my life sport and things like that so it was never really that big of a thing it was just a fun hobby and then post-accident I remember I went to my room and this was quite soon after I got out of hospital and I thought oh I don't know I'll just I'll go and play some music and I picked up my guitar and just it was empty there was nothing it was just gone the whole and intuition was gone the whole everything feel. I, couldn't play. I couldn't play I couldn't remember any of my lyrics I couldn't remember what to even do with a guitar I didn't know where to put my fingers I had no idea and I remember that realization the accident took a lot from me you know my career as a school teacher was gone my ex had fiance had gone I'd lost who I was as a person there was all of these things that were gone and when I picked up that guitar and that was gone it was like the final straw it was just absolutely undeniably earth shattering for me and I was very upset and couldn't believe that I had lost this really big part of me and who I am and my dad heard me howling in my room crying and was you know very upset and he sat with me and gave me a hug and everything and he said it's all right, darling. It's it's in there. And he tapped me on the side of my head. 
And he goes, it's in there somewhere. We've just got to find it. And he taught me three chords, a G, an A, and a C chord. And I just sort of took that and I went, no, I refuse. You're not, you've taken everything else. You're not having this. And I started to reteach myself how to play, which took about a year and a half, maybe two years. Just like your brain injury where it's been eight years and there's always something or there has been something a little bit new and and things are changing, Mm -hmm. have you felt that trajectory of growth in your music? So, again, the two years of learning I guess the basics again and rewriting your lyrics and putting it into to music and expanding on those three chords. Did you get a sense of it at a point in time, it was a whole creation that then you've been able to build on? I think the evolution of my music kind of, it changed not only because I had to relearn to play it all again, but what happened to me became a really big driving force and I think the music then turned into almost and you'll, you'll you'll have to excuse me if I get a little emotional talking about this it became like a lifeline for me in so many different ways because it was a huge part of me that was gone that was lost that I was getting back and for me, I thought if I can get this and I can do this, if I can do this again, then maybe I will get me back. And maybe if I make something of myself with this, then it won't be for nothing. And for me, that in conjunction with, you know, some other things that went down in my life, I lost a very, very dear friend of mine to suicide and her last words had a huge impact on me and I just went, that's it, I can't do nothing. I don't want to twiddle my thumbs for the next 60 years just because I've been labelled totally and permanently incapacitated. No, no, I am not and I don't care what doctors tell me that. I'm not going to do nothing and I'm going to try and use This one thing that I've still got, that I've worked hard to get back, I'm going to use that for some something good. And so I took this personal triumph, I guess, of I'm going to make something of myself. This is not going to stop me. Plus these words that my beautiful friend Carmen said to me, and I'm going to try and help show people and use my life as an example if I can help show people that no matter the dire circumstance you may find yourself in, you can choose. And when I say you can choose, I mean it doesn't matter what happens to you, it's how you choose to deal with it that is important. And that in itself is the whole kit and caboodle for me. That's the whole point. It's the everything 
that is my driving force for following this dream or this it's not even a dream it's following this path this reality that I am on to try and show people and help people who may feel stuck that they can overcome whatever it is because if my life can be testament because you know this really big horrible crazy thing happened that just shattered me and would shatter anyone and I'm nothing special I'm the same as you I'm just a country kid from WA you know I just chose I just I just chose I reckon there's about four or five moments in my life that that led very heavily into what I would call new chapters or or new versions of myself. But it's all really been leading up to this, the last 12 months, or the last 18 months of, of recording this debut album, which I'm currently recording called uh, Cambridge. And throughout the process, realizing how all of the things in my life, whether it be like my emotional well-being, my my mental well-being, my my physical, and the relationships that I hold within my life, all intertwined into this one thing, and there was no way of really being able to do the thing that I'm setting out to do, which is like record music and, and release it and connect with with a lot of people, without having all those things in check, you know. So it was definitely, it's definitely been like the the journey of of getting to this moment. And I feel like this moment right now is really, really the pinnacle of that. Yeah. Do you think it's been an accumulation of all of those four to five changes in the chapter and that was a more linear progression or is it more about evolution and that each step you grow on the the previous step and that not one thing was pivotal necessarily? I 100% agree with you. Yes, it, it was definitely more the, the evolution and growth and there was, there was nothing linear about any of it. Even all those things individually, like physical, emotional, mental, all that kind of stuff. I might take 15 steps back in one of those areas, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I'm running in that direction again and, and, and moving forward. But this is why I found the question so interesting because I was like, without the context of each of those steps and, and each of those paths moving forward. And mind you, there was a few of those moments where a week or a month later, I would be like, this is the thing that changed my life, you know? And then two years later, it's like, this is the thing that changed my life. And then it, it, it happened again and again and again until I started to realize I was like, oh, it's, it's all the same and not in like a bland or a mediocre way. It's all the same as in, this is what I want. I want to progress and I want to change and I want to be a better human being first and foremost. And, and that's sort of what I meant with, I'm like this, this, this dream and this moment is impossible without, without all of that occurring to, to get there. Me and my friend had been running these events along the waterfront in Geelong where I live called Cold and Conscious. So it, it's breath work, uh, connection, ice baths and they're, they're these amazing events anyway I'd um I'd been going down I helped him set them up I was teaching yoga and Pilates at the time for a, a bunch of studios around Geelong and 
it was right just after COVID. So I actually hadn't played any gigs for about a year. And I'd had this really, really big night. Uh, it was my friend's, my friend's Bucks party. And I'd had like quite a lot of addiction and, and mental health problems back. I felt like they, they'd all been resolved. I, I just would fly off the rails and there was probably a, a seven or eight year period where it was really, really bad. And then I'd sort of like just toned things down. I was like, okay, I'd seen friends go in and out of rehab. I'd had friends pass away. I'd seen friends overdose and all these really, really dramatic things. But it, it had all kind of come to a point where it was, I was like, okay, I've kind of self-regulated this, right? And then I had this night where everything blew the hell out the window. And it, and it was, I scared the hell out of myself because I was, I was in situations that were, were better than I'd ever seen around me. And I was like, how can I go to the deepest, darkest place within 12 hours of pressing go when I have the most beautiful people surrounding me. And I was like, okay, I need to really step back and, and have a look at this. So I went, I'm going to be completely sober completely. And I mean, leading up to that, I was only really drinking and smoking a little bit of weed. It was nothing crazy, but this particular night, it was just, I would have fucking gone to hell and back. It was insane. And what happened was I didn't show up to these ice baths for about a month. And I showed up, I was just, I was, had just so much shame and guilt about going to, to, um, to, to go back into this beautiful community that we created. And anyway, I showed up and my mate, <laughs> oh, the bastard, like <laughs> I knew he knew exactly what he was doing, but he said, does anybody have, we'd always have these uh, topics of conversation that would get brought up. So he was like, is there anything that um, anybody wants to let go of? And I expressed the problems that I'd had with drugs and the problems that I had with mental health. And it's something that I'd never expressed publicly before. And I had like, it's not about this, but I had a handful of people well up, not because what I said was sad, but because it kind of hit, hit a chord within themselves. I had people come up to me afterwards that I'd known their friends that were still really heavy users. And they come up and hugged me and just said, I'm going through that exact thing right now. You have no idea how much it helped. I was bawling my eyes out. So I was like, I don't want to talk to anybody about this. Anyway, what happened is this, this, this led into the moment. So this, this happened and I realized I'd spent like all, all my music career up until that point, I'd played in bands. I'd, I'd started to do this solo thing and I never wanted to come out with my hands up being like, Hey, this is what happened to me, you know, because I was like, it didn't happen to me at the end of the day. I fucking love myself. Like I'm not, I don't want to lead with that, but I realized that I'd missed this crucial perspective of how much sharing not only did it help others but fucking hell it helped me like it made me feel so much better and this podcast opportunity came up and I was Tony I was like terrified so I rock up to this this girl's house we were mates but we weren't as good of friends as what we are now and I was shitting myself and she's like I don't know why this dude's so scared we're just going to talk about the ice baths and stuff and I just verbally vomited for an hour and 40, 40 minutes. And she was like, I had no idea about any of this. And I was like, look, I just, I realized I was wrong about sharing. And I just, I, I'm really passionate about this space. I've lost a lot of friends in this space. And I, I want to, I don't want that to happen to anybody else. Or I want just for people to not feel guilt and shame around their own downfield falls or their own adversity. You know, we're all human and we're, we're the, the challenges that that we face and that we step through are our own. And there's nothing to be ashamed of for that. The moment was when that got released up until that point, I 
I'd spent all my childhood like running away from my parents and and shit. And I was just, it was a bit of a nightmare, you know, the, it was quite intense with my parents are the most amazing parents in the world, but they never did anything wrong, but I just couldn't handle myself and didn't know what to do. And never had I been given an opportunity to express what I'd gone through and how hard I tried for the last 10, 15 years to, to resolve the things that I'd done wrong. And having them be able to listen to that changed the course of my life forever because it actually opened the doorway to, to have a real relationship with my family. And I didn't know, I didn't know that I didn't have that until I'd opened up the doors. And there were tough times after that too. But I'm like mates with my parents now, you know, and I didn't, I didn't know what that felt like until, to be honest until recently you know it's taken so long to kind of to to keep building up and but the the level of trust that happened after i shared that i couldn't believe how dramatic the change was i, I don't like saying it all came crashing down on rock bottom or anything like that it was just a moment of being like it was just the most humbling thing in the world to be like everything that i thought isn't true and you need to really kind of shop and and what you thought taking accountability was isn't even the beginning of it, like start now. And I think that podcast sharing that was the first time stepping out into that fear and and I suppose being brave enough to just say, look, this is a big part of what I've had a lot of trouble with. It's not absolutely everything. It's as much as I can say. And it's it's been a lot and I'm trying my hardest. And on the other side of it was, like I was teaching at a bunch of yoga studios in Geelong, like I said, I was so terrified. I'm dealing with people all week. I'm like, are they just going to drop me? And it wasn't something that I thought I didn't deep down in my body as deep as you can. I knew that they weren't, but like, it's scary. And I will never forget the, the podcast studio owner came up to me. Her name's Sally. And she said, she goes, I fucking loved that. I go, really? And those were like, there was something along those lines. She's like, thank you for being so honest. Like this, this wellness industry that we're is in, there's a lot of authenticity, but there's a lot of crap as well. Everyone's pretending to be really happy. Everyone's pretending to be really calm and to get their Zen on. And she's like, it's really important. And I was like, oh, I didn't even consider that. I was terrified. You know? <laughs> my kinesiologist yesterday and she said to me so I said I'm stepping into this uh you know promotion for this album and I said I'm gonna start talking on podcasts again and doing all this stuff and so I'm pretty scared <laughs> and she's like you know bravery is two parts uh bravery is like stepping in and, and and that expression and talking and she said the second part of bravery is it's trusting yourself and being brave enough to not wonder or worry what other other people think yeah you know and I was like oh my god I was like I always do the first part really well I was like the second part I have a lot of trouble with she's like oh, most people do yeah not judge yourself and and perceive what other others are going to because you don't know but I realized two weeks ago upon reflection I was like I've never actually shared myself this couple of EPs we did we played a lot of shows did tours did some like really cool things together 
But in a band, especially in, in this circumstance, I can't speak for other bands because I, I haven't been in the middle of them. But for us, it was split. And, and even our story was, it was four part. Like it was weird. Like I spoke about the problems that I had with addiction and a couple of other guys did too. And they had had like kind of the broken home type thing. But that all got mushed into one story. And I remember friends were like, hey, your family's great. Why does it say you've got a broken home? I'm like, it doesn't. It's just the band. Like it's the like it's almost like it takes on its own identity, you know? I'm like, no, 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 my family's great. Nothing's happened. It's fine. But upon reflection and realizing all these things, because I was like, I'm terrified, like going into PR, sending my PR, the woman who's doing all PR, a rise indie PR, sending her everything. I remember I did a call. I'm like, listen. I don't know what to share. Like, I don't know how to step forward into this. And she's like, whoa, it's like, it's okay. We'll go through this. And, and, and she was amazing. I'm absolutely amazing. Karen, her name is to go through it all. I suppose these songs, it's the most honest I've ever been lyrically. You know, there's love songs, there's breakup songs, there's songs about mental health. There's songs about embracing the challenges of life and, and adversity. Uh, there's songs about my friend that passed away. There's songs about, there's just songs about everything on this album. And I've never been, like I said, I've never been this open or honest. So it's been really bringing up a lot about how people are going to perceive and take me. And it's taken a lot of work to kind of just, I've got some pretty solid practices that I do every day to make sure that I stay grounded and, and to really, really help myself, like just be in my own skin and not get swept up. Cause I think you don't have to be releasing anything or or even stepping into anything to get stepped up in this day and age. Like everyone's got their own new identity that they've they've created for themselves online. And and you see it all the time with people, or you hear about it all the time of people getting caught up within what's real and what's not. To take it to to step into this, it's been terrifying in spots. It's been really terrifying. But then also acknowledging. Hey, you also haven't done this like this before ever. This is the first time. This is a different version of yourself and it's the first time. And just having a bit of compassion to go be like, hey, yeah, you're probably going to get scared again next week. And that's okay. Ground, choose to step forward, create the boundaries that you want and, and, and respond again. We spoke on the bus on the way home from work. He was lost in the details of life. Each day was a blur, all work and no play And how, how it had turned out this way He told me his plan, a short-term escape Five weeks on the Bibbulmun track Go it alone, no one to blame If he finished or fell by the way Sometimes it's good to pretend